Foolish or Not War podcast coming your way. Episode 457, Q&A, Steve Schmee and the Rickster Ricky V. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? So in this one, we have a Q&A episode. We have five great topics, so let's get to the first one. First question came in, what is the most useful machine in the gym? So for me, I thought about this one a little bit today, and I was kind of thinking about it. And I think, I think the most useful actual machine here, machine, I'm assuming this means you can't say, you know, free weight or something. I think the hammer machines, because I am going to tell you why. The hammer machines are really good because you can kind of do variations of your lifts. You can do high reps, you can do heavy, you can do drop sets. You know, you can do a lot of different things with hammer strength. And I have a lot of respect for hammer strength because my first gym I ever went to, I was like 15 years old and we didn't have much free weights. It was one of those, um, you know, crappy gyms, you know, but that was really the only gym in my, in my town at the time. So, and obviously being a teenager, any legit meathead gym, they're not going to allow teenagers in there. You got to be at least 18 or older. I mean, I sure as hell going to a meathead gym as an adult, don't want teenagers running around my gym. So that was actually what got me started in weight training, um, you know, in a gym environment was the hammer. And that actually got me stronger. And once I started lifting in my high school gym, I was automatically stronger than a guy who was, you know, never lifted before because of that. I, I credit it to the hammer, the chest, hammer strength chest. And then you have the other types of hammer machines. So another one too is leg extensions. I like leg extension machine. I like it because you can really hammer the legs, especially on leg day. Let's say you just did squats. I like to go heavy on my squats do some high rep squats, and then I can go and do kind of drop sets on the leg extension, really get a nice burn going and really wear out the leg muscle. So those are my favorite, I, this is not necessarily my favorite, but to answer this question, you know, these are the most useful machines, I think, that you could, you could have in the gym. How about you, Rick? Uh, I'm going to take a little bit of a different angle on this question. I'm going to rephrase it a little bit too. The, the machine that you should go to the gym for, meaning something you can't recreate at home with free weights, uh, something you can't just do in the basement unless you have this machine. And to me, it's always going to be the cable machines, the pulley machines, the cable crossovers, the lat pull-down machines, the cable row machines. These machines allow you to kind of change where gravity would come from, right? It, it, it changes angles and you can really get a workout and then work angles and muscles and isolate that you couldn't really do any other way. It's also real simple to do an exercise with the pulley, like you're doing cable crossovers and then quickly drop the weight a little bit, you know, come in, change the, the, the pins, do less or more weight, depending on what you're trying to do. 
It's it's very, very, very convenient. It's the one machine that I, I end up thinking like, okay, I want to, I want to get this exercise in. I want to do that exercise. Oh, it has to be done at the gym. I can't do it with my weights at home. Can't do it with my regular uh, grind. I, I've got to, the, those, those pulleys, man, those darn pulleys where you can make the resistance be high or low or middle. And especially if you're training for sports specific uh, training, sports specific training, those pulleys are really the best. You can recreate some of the same tension using rubber bands, but I prefer the tension, the full range kind of tension that I get from a pulley way more than I do from the kind of a, a change in tension that I get from a band or, or any kind of rubber bands uh, when doing, you know, work on shoulders or, or anything like that. So definitely pulleys, crossover cables, top cables, all those machines are, are, are it. All right. So the next topic is going to be what motivates you to get up in the morning? What makes you jump in the morning? I think it's because I mentioned this on prior podcasts. I'm the type of person that doesn't have an alarm clock. I don't believe in alarm clocks. I wake up every day um, somewhere between 4 a.m., 5 a.m., sometimes 6. At the latest, I'll wake up maybe 6.15, 6.20 a.m. All right, that's the latest I'll, I'll ever wake up. And as soon as I get up, I jump out of bed. And what gets me motivated is, you know, that people need me out there. You know, people need me, um, you know, on the forums. People need me in the, you know, to do these podcasts. Um, I write these podcasts. Rick is sort of the director. And then we have, of course, producers that allow us to do these podcasts, but I'm pretty much, you know, uh, the writer, especially on these Q and A's. And, you know, I have to come up with these topics and I have to basically listen to you guys who message me these questions and these questions come in and I have to kind of look at the questions and I have to decide, you know, which ones are we going to talk about? And of course I cross-reference them with Rick and we make a, de a decision on what we're going to discuss on the podcast, but you know, you guys need me on the forums. Um, I will on the forums to help you guys out. Um, I like what I do. Um, you know, there's never a perfect situation. Sometimes, you know, we work in environments that are toxic to, you know, we hear about this a lot, toxic workplace and stuff like that. And I know exactly what that's all about because I've always worked in jobs that was majority men. And when you work in jobs that are majority men, you got to deal with a lot of insecurities. You got to deal with a lot of guys that are, you know, different personalities. You got to deal with jealousy. That's a big one. Okay. That's a, especially with young males. Jealousy is a big, big one. I've always had to deal with that because I've always excelled at what I did in life. So when that happens, and if let's say someone who's been at a company longer than you, they're older than you. They have more education than you, anything. They feel like, you know, why is this person doing better than me? Why is this person making more money than me? Why are they more ahead of me? And it builds up a lot of jealousy. So when you work in those types of work environments, it can be really, really tough. So I 
get it. I get a lot of people out there work in those shitty ass environments, but you know, I'm lucky that, you know, I don't have to work in those types of environments um, because, um, you know, I do a lot of my work from home. So I don't have to go to an office and deal with, you know, that type of thing. So one of the things that I always tell guys is you should wake up loving what you do for a living. You should feel like you're contributing to the world and, and helping people and helping society better itself. And if you feel that way, then you'll jump up every morning to go and, and, and do your job, you know? And, you know, the weekends are something I appreciate. I still work on the weekends. You guys still see me on Saturdays and Sundays posting on the forums. You know, um, you see me posting on the forums from at 5 a.m. You'll see me posting on the forums 10, 10 p.m. You'll see me all over the place, uh, all hours. And that's because, you know, I, you know, I spend a lot of time. I spend a lot of hours on this. I take my jobs very seriously and I take helping you guys out very seriously. So that gives me the satisfaction knowing that I'm helping you guys and gals out there and uh, better yourselves. So that's, that's really at the end of the day, you know, why I'm, I'm able to get motivated and, and jump out of bed. And that's, um, you know, if you don't love what you do for a living, it's miserable. You know, and I've been there, you know, um, uh, you know, I didn't care for, um, you know, I didn't really like school growing up too much. Um, I liked college a lot more than I liked, you know, middle school and high school and stuff like that. I just felt like, ugh, you know, so I'd had a hard time getting up in the morning. I'd get up and I'd take 20, 30 minutes just to get out of bed. It was just a miserable, miserable way. And I always told myself, look, as an adult, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be in a situation where I hate, you know, what I'm doing, I'm doing all day. And I feel like I'm wasting my fucking time. So once I got to college and I was around a better environment and education was better and I was able to learn better things. And, you know, obviously I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that environment because I was getting something out of it. So, I mean, if you're not getting what you need, you know, from your job, from your spouse, from your education, whatever, then it's as good a time as any to change it, you know, and, and, and get to the point where you do feel motivated because you don't want to spend your whole life being miserable, you know. So and another thing, I just wrote an article about this and you guys are going to see this article um, that's going to come out. And it has something to do. And I know, Rick, you're going to talk about this because you're into this, but no, no tropics, new tropics. And there's a lot of new tropics out there. I know, Rick, you're big on caffeine and stuff. But I wrote an article about new tropics. I don't take any of these new tropics, but I do eat a lot of fruits, fruits, vegetables, and a lot of fruits and vegetables and vitamins are natural new tropics. Um, like coconut oil, for example, I consume a lot of coconut oil. It's a new tropic. Um, there's things um, out there, um, there's certain vitamins, vitamin Bs, vitamin Ds. These are, these are also nootropics. So I don't, I don't go after the nootropics that are like addictive and have it for me, like caffeine or nicotine, which is also a nootropic. I go after the more natural nootropics and those I think keep my brain going. And, um, you know, those are the, those are, if you keep a healthy diet, 
you know, and you get, you get in a lot of fruits and vegetables and you get that coconut oil, which I always talk about on the podcast, that natural unrefined coconut oil, you're getting a lot of feed into your brain and that will help you stay focused and stay, stay alert with, with your mind. So that's another thing too, that helps, helps me. I believe it's just, my diet is so precise that, that, that gets me going too. Yeah. So how about you, Rick? Uh, talk a little bit about, about your situation. Um, I don't, I try not to rely on motivation much because uh, I've realized, I've come to realize that the, I guess maybe a little bit of the older you get, the more things you handle, uh, the more things that could kind of uh, beat you up a little bit. So I don't really worry or, or try to wait for motivation anymore at this point in my life. I just, I just kind of just do it. You know, I know I've got things to do, uh, things that need to get done. And I just kind of do it and I, and I just expect that if, that I'm on the right path and if I just continue to do the things that I know I need to do, that things will be better, you know, month after month, year after year, things will just continue to get better. But just, um, you know, you, you won't, you're not always going to be motivated, you know, I mean, uh, out of, out of 10 times that I, that I'm getting ready to go to the gym or I'm getting ready to go for a big, uh, bike ride or or go to dojo uh out of 10 times i would say seven of those times i'm gonna sit in my bed or on my couch uh looking at my sneakers uh for a few minutes before i put them on and say fuck it you know i've sat in my car at the gym uh at parking lot going like eh, i mean my back's a little sore today and i i still get in there and do it you know, you're, you're not, you're not always going to be motivated. You're not always going to be up for the game. You're not always going to feel great. Uh, sometimes you just got to go and fucking do it. Sometimes you just got to go and do it. Doesn't matter if you're feeling your best that day. Doesn't matter what you just get up, you go do it and you do it the best you possibly can. And it just, it becomes just kind of a habit. Then, you know, you just, you look at your schedule, you know what you need to do. What time you need to be up, what time you should be in bed by, everything you need to do in between, training, podcast, writing, phone calls, whatever it is. And you just get through it. You just do, do it. And if you if you always wait for motivation to come along, um, you know, you're you're gonna be unhappy some days. But if you just kind of get it in your head that the motivation itself is just getting it done, you know, the motivation itself is just putting it on the scoreboard for that, for the day, you just kind of, you, you're more on autopilot, but yeah, I mean, that's a, it's another perspective. And I've, I've taken that uh, more recently, just don't, don't worry or, or rely on motivation too much. Just try to get what you schedule, what you set out to do, what you put on your to do's to do, just get it done, you know, and, and, and do it and be good at it, you know, without, no matter what. All right. Uh, the next one we're going to talk about is what is your opinion on dating people who go to the same gym as you? So I'm going to let you have first crack at this one, right? You are dating a guru. What's your, uh, what's your opinion on this one? Doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't make a difference at all. I don't, I mean, I've, I've met girls at the gym. I've met girls who went to a different gym and 
they'll come to mine as a guest. I'll go to theirs as a guest sometimes. It's just, it's really a no, never mind. Maybe some guys who have a lot of uh, relationship issues and things going on, I, I, I can see it. But me, I mean, relationships and, and that part of life is such a small part and such a small part of my daily focus that if she's there or not doesn't make a difference if we break up or she goes out with somebody else right, right in front of me i mean i don't give a fuck it just doesn't makes no difference you know there are other other things i worry about more so per, maybe that's an answer for some of you guys out there if is it a good thing or a bad thing dude if you take your your love life that fucking serious where you could ruin your gym experience then you know feel sad for you but it shouldn't matter if it's a hot girl and she's at your gym and you have a chance to date her why why the fuck not why not and you know it doesn't matter it doesn't, doesn't make a difference to me uh, maybe i'm not thinking about about it all what, what do you think steve does it make a difference to you when we uh interview back in the old podcast uh you know trevor and i we interviewed a dating guru and um, I'm trying to remember the guy's name. Do you remember his name? Did you listen to that podcast? And uh, I, can't, I name, can't recall. I can't recall. Yeah, yeah I, remember, I, know, I know. I know. I know his name. David Wygant was his name, and he was a guy. Um, you know, he's got. He's a big guy in social media. He's got a lot of followers. He gives a lot of uh, dating advice. He's been on Oprah and all that shit. And um, a lot of his stuff, you know, that I that I read and stuff. He makes a lot of good points. I've actually used that in my dating, but there are some areas of what he talks about that hasn't worked personally. So, um, but for the most part, he gave really good advice um, on that podcast. Um, I'd say like 80, 80% of what he said has worked for me personally and, um, and has given me like an edge over my peers, you know, who have, you know, been in the dating scene. So um, one of the things that, you know, we asked him was about what happens if you meet someone in the gym um, and you really like her, how do you go in, you know, going for the kill? And one of his advice on that was don't go in for the kill quick. It's not a quick kill situation at the gym. He says you have to befriend her first. You've got us to start talking to her, make small talk with her, gradually increase it, gradually get into you know, um, let's, let's say, you know, you just start talking to her, you then, you know, you, you get on a first name basis. Then from there, you can talk about things like your job and she can talk about her job. Then you can kind of get to know each other, what you both do for a living. You can get to know what you both like to eat. You can get to know little things about each other. And, you know, you can even ask them, hey, you know, I saw you drive up in this, you know, in that car, blah, blah, blah. How do you like it? My cousin's going to get a car like that, blah, blah, blah. So you can kind of like make conversation. And then over time, what will happen with women is women are smart. They're very, very smart. They're smarter than men when it comes to shit like this. They'll get the hint that, hey, this guy is into me. And they'll drop the good news or the bad news. And the good news is they'll drop something where they'll kind of hint at you. They'll be flirtatious with you. The bad news is, is they'll throw in, yeah, my husband, da, 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 my boyfriend, da, 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 you know, and that gives you the hint of either they're taken or they want you to think they're taken. 
So that's that kind of is the, the direction he kind of led. And it makes a lot of sense in my mind, because in that situation, it doesn't become an uncomfortable situation where you're asking a girl out. She's turning you down because whether it, she has someone already or she's just not interested in you. And then you got to see this girl every time you go to the gym and she's, you know, and she's got to see you. And it's just an awkward situation. So I think that's a good approach to it. Um, what, what he gave. So I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with that answer. What do you think? What follow up on that? Uh, yeah. I mean, just take your time. You should take your time any damn way. Don't be uh let her set the pace for how it goes. As a guy, really, all you need to do is just kind of show interest. She already knows you. You want something to do with her just by the way you you approach her. Women are used to that already. She's good looking. She's been getting hit on by the majority of men she comes across since she was a young lady. So she knows what's up. Just um, always let her set, set the pace. Go as fast as she wants it to go. It, and as far as like taking it slow with, a, with a, a gym hookup or a girl you meet at the gym, you should take it at her pace. You know, if you met at the gym today and that evening you end up in her home, you know, hanging out with her, that's, you know, she's setting the pace for that. If you meet her and it takes you a year to get a, a first date, you know, you kind of, you let her set the pace. You show interest, you show availability, but you don't chase. That's the other thing. Like, don't, don't chase a female around. You'll, you'll chase her right out of liking you if you do that. So don't chase and, and work it at her pace, you know, whatever whatever she is comfortable with. You know, at the end of the day, she's, she's the girl. She's got to, she's got to set the pace for how things are going to develop. I'm not comfortable, please. Don't invite me. I'm not comfortable. <laughs> That's funny. You like that accent? I don't even know what that was, dude. All right. So the next one we're going to talk about, because you're talking about, you know, make her comfortable. So I'm like, I'm not comfortable, please. Don't invite me. I'm not comfortable. What the, it's, what, what the, just don't, it's from a show. Don't, don't ever so. do that again. Just don't ever do that again. Come on, let's go. Let's go. What's the next question? Don't ever do it again. All right. The next one we're going to talk about is work. This, this ties into kind of that one, actually. So it's, it's really clever. Um, is working out twice a day okay for a female or is it too much? So the full question, let me bring up the full question. Uh, the, 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 he's saying his wife has been working out twice a day to speed up her progress. Is there any disadvantages to this training style? She's doing 30 minutes twice a day, aerobic, anaerobic, Jane Fonda type stuff. So, uh, blah, 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 blah. So on this one, I'm assuming she's trying to like lose weight because, you know, people are under the impression if I just work out a lot, I'm just going to lose weight. I'm going to burn more calories and all that stuff. But they're doing it wrong in the kitchen. So if you're going and working out and just burning a ton of calories in the gym and then you go to Chick-fil-A or you get a McDonald's or you go to Burger King or whatever, it's not going to work in your favor. You're just going to spin your wheels. So. And here's the things that I've explained before. I think I explained it on your podcast, Rick. I've explained it on a couple other podcasts. If you're a, a very lean female or you're a lean guy, whatever, 
and you do what I just said, where you go to the gym, you, you train your balls off, then you go eat fast food, you go eat crappy food, you eat pizza and beer and all this stuff and ice cream and all that stuff, right? You follow the IFYM thing and you stay lean. And you think that if other people who are trying to make progress follow what you do because it happens to work for you, that it's going to work for them, then you're a moron. That's, that's the stupidest thing. That's the stupidest thing ever because you're already lean. You're already lean. But if they're trying to get lean, why would that make any sense? Why would them spinning their wheels, you know, it, it make, make any sense? At the end of the day, you're not going to, they're not going to make any progress that way. So rather than focusing on, oh my God, I'm going to work out twice a day. Just do a good, clean 40 to 60 minute workout. All right. Get that in and then eat a healthy diet. And then that will speed up your, your fat loss. Fasting works amazingly well for females, just as it does with men. It does not matter what your gender is. Doesn't matter if you're fat, skinny. Doesn't matter. Uh, fasting is something that's in our DNA, and fasting works. So if you're if you're trying to lose weight, learn about fasting. Learn about time restricted eating, all this good stuff. In terms of, you know, improving your conditioning and improving your endurance, and he talks about aerobic. We know when it comes to this type of thing that high intensity where you're doing high intensity then you slow down and you get the heart rate back down but you do high intensity get the heart rate back up then you slow down back and forth that type of interval training we know that that works they use that type of interval training for those who run 800 meters 1600 meters you know 5k's 10k's whatever you know you do these tempo runs and all this stuff but this type of interval training can speed up your, this can get your speed up and this can strengthen your heart very rapidly. We know that because every college in America that does track, that's what they, that's what they teach their, their athletes. So we know what works when it comes to that. So if you're looking to strengthen your heart, look into that. One of the, one of the little, um, nuggets that i can tell you is bikram bikram hot yoga 90 minute bikram hot yoga do that three times a week and you will get into the best shape of your life doing that because it's one of those things where you're in a hot room you're sweating your balls off it's a lot of stress on your body in a short amount of time but there's a method to the madness because some of the poses speed up your heart rate like crazy. And then some of the poses, your heart rate comes back down. So it's interval training in a hot environment where you're sweating your balls off, tremendous amount of stress on your body. So that will, that will get you in shape. Pyro Pilates again in a hot room. Oh my gosh, that will get you in great shape. Um, so quickly. So I would focus more instead of twice a day workouts, I would focus more on more collateral damage workouts where it's a shorter 
it's a, it's a 60 minute or 90 minute class, but it's interval where you're speeding your heart rate up and slow down, speeding it up, slow it down. And no, you can't go in and weight train for 45 minutes or 60 minutes and build a strong heart. You know, you'll, you'll build a good heart by weight training. I always laugh at, um, at guys who just weight train, they don't do any cardio and then they want to go run a 5k. And, um, I've had, I've had friends like that in the past, uh, I go, Steve, I'm going to go run the 5K with you uh, Saturday. I'm like, all right, are are you going to train for it? Are you going to, like, you might want to run a little bit before you go out and do the 5K? Like, no, no, I do weight training every day. Uh, My heart's in great shape. I'm like, okay. So then I go out there and we're running. And he's like, I'm going to stay up with you. I'm going to stay up with you. And then after, like, the one-mile mark, I look back and he's walking. So I always laugh at that that people actually think that weight training can strengthen your heart as much as actual cardio. I, I, that, that's just funny to me. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Um, at the end of the day, guys, it's all about guys and gals. It's all about training your heart. It's about putting your conditioning on your heart. Okay. And that's, that's how it goes. Like you can't just, you can't, you can't just weight train and, have this amazing endurance from just weight training you have to do cardio you got to get the heart rate up you got to stress out the body to make it improve when it comes to that that's how our bodies work that's the that's why professional athletes have training camps where they get into shape for the regular season they don't just go from the off season to the regular season on in the next day like oh let's just wing it let's just go to the regular season forget Forget training camp, forget preseason. Let's just jump right to the regular season. It doesn't work like that. If it doesn't work like that with professional athletes, why is it going to work like that with you? So, yeah, I mean, I hope that makes sense. Rick, um, tell me your thoughts on this question. Nice long answer you gave everyone, Steve. So um, working out twice a day to speed up her progress, are there any disadvantages? to this training style. She's doing 30 minutes twice a day, aerobic, anaerobic, Jane Fonda type stuff. Uh, Okay, so all of those, uh, she's trying to lose weight and training, training, um, doing cardio is great, is awesome, but that also has to come along the way with actual changes to her diet so that she can reach a caloric deficit and that way she can actually lose body fat. If you do a lot of cardio, but you eat just as much, like uh, like some buddies I know from mountain biking, where they, I mean, they burn a ton of calories on their bikes, but then they go back and eat a ton of food later on and beer and other things. Well, you, you're still going to be overweight. You might have great cardio endurance as, as, a, as a big guy. Uh, there have been some, some heavyweight fighters that have incredible endurance, cardio endurance, but since they're in the heavier weights, they don't need to cut a ton of weight. They, they, they stay close to weight most of the time. They can they splurge on their food quite a bit, and they look soft. They look fat, but they have great cardio endurance. Um, if she is just going to train and not change her diet around, weight training, at least one of those sessions, hard weight training, resistance, um, good weight training to failure, uh, we'll give her more of a static changes. You know, she'll get more muscle tone. 
around her legs and, and buttocks and other areas from doing the weight training. And then she'll see some changes. This is it providing she's not changing her diet. But ideally she would do, she would change her diet, eat real clean, do 30 minutes of weight training and do 30 minutes of cardio. If she can do 30 minutes of AM cardio uh, in the morning, fasted state, put some of your hand flame on her body, some take some end to burn or some end to slam with it. Then in the afternoon, after she had uh, her first meal, she would actually go in and train weights, take sets to failure, progressively add more weights, better, more complex exercises to some real good weight training. Um, and she matched all that up with good, clean eating. She would look great, pretty, uh, pretty quickly. She would look great pretty quickly, but yeah, I mean, um, cardio twice a, twice a day. Um, only if you're on a steep caloric deficit, are you really going to see some, some, some awesome changes. Otherwise you could do cardio twice a day, uh, never gain much in the way of muscle tone, never really lose much in the way of body fat because you've, you've been eating to keep up with your caloric expenditures. And, and I mean, and you, you'll you have great cardio. You probably run down the street and run, run, run down a, a, a robber on the street and, and not get tired. You have great cardio. You'll just continue to look fat and you won't develop any of at all of any muscle tone. So uh, to, to develop some, some nice looking musculature, you need weight training, weight training hard. Uh, cardio is, you should be doing cardio, you know, cardio endurance, anyone out there listening, cardio endurance and having good cardio should be one of the things you strive for. Uh, you should have really good cardio it's, it's something you should take with you everywhere you go it's having that that good cardio and everybody should have it and weight training obviously your strength your muscle tone the way you look so i guess that's it that's that's my whole uh, answer on, on that Steve. all right so the next topic we're going to get into uh the final topic is i'm using around 150 milligrams a week of trembolone it's making me sick with flu type side effects. Uh, they want to know if you can help them out and give them some advice. Let me see if there's, uh, he, he says that he feels like it's a rare thing and they want to know if there's any information on that. Um, so here's the thing with trend is I, I've talked about this before. If you look at some of the medical research behind trembolone, there's an effect that trembolone does in the body when it comes to its, its effects on PGF2A, which is a prostaglandin in the body. And it's an infl inflammation effect that it does in our bodies where it, it inflames everything. So what what I what I have researched and what I suspect happens when you run trend and this um, I would lay you know I I bet a lot of money on this that someone who's on a heavy amount of tremble let's say over a thousand over fifteen hundred milligrams a week of tremble and they were to die on the trembolone, they got a heart attack or something like that and they actually did an autopsy on that person they'd go in there and they would notice a lot of their organs would be large, would be inflamed. Their prostates would be inflamed. They would have a, a lot of inflama inflammatory type of things going on in the body because of that. So if you've ever run trend, 
and you notice things like you have a harder time with cardio, you have a hard time breathing. Well, it's because of the inflammation. If, if your air holes are being are inflamed, it's kind of like someone who's having like an asthma uh, attack or not even an, an asthma attack, but just someone with asthma in general, where your breathing tubes are constricted and it's a lot harder for you to breathe. So that's why one of the reasons you notice when you're on trend that your cardio takes a dive. So in this situation um, where he notices that he's sick on trend, I feel like there's a couple different scenarios that could be happening. Number one, when you, when you do a lot of information, inflammation in the body, obviously that suppresses your immune system. So when you run trend, and this is with, this is a situation where let's say you're running trend, you're in the gym every day, every other day, you're exposed to a lot of different bugs in the gym. Okay. Every time someone touches the bar, they go to the bathroom, they wipe their ass, they wipe their ass at home. They come to the gym, they're touching stuff. They're touching the bars. They're touching the equipment. Then you're touching it. And then it's getting on you. It's getting in your ear. It's getting on your nose. It's getting in your mouth. And that's how these viruses and these bacteria spread so easy. So what happens is you're already at risk being in a gym environment, especially a gym that's dirty, you know, that's not being cleaned, you know? So it's very possible the combination of having a suppressed immune system and being exposed to so many bugs has you feeling these flu-like symptoms because you have so many different bugs and, and, and issues in your body that your immune system is just having to, you know, discharge all these uh, uh, battles. It's got to have all these battles in your body where it has to raise your temperature in the body to fight off these infections that, it, that it's getting. So it has to give you a flu-like fever effect or it gives you that effect. So I feel like that could be what's happening. And it could be also that the gear that you're using is just not reacting well to you. Either it's a dirty brand, the gear, the, the, the gear is dirty. It's a low quality brand that happens a lot, especially um, obviously with these underground labs, you know, these people, they make the, the, these steroids in their bathtub. Of course, it's going to be dirty or it could be simply the carrier oil is not reacting well to you. It's giving you like an allergic reaction. Um, I've seen situations, I've seen sources use, let's say they're using peanut oil, okay? Um, and you're allergic to peanuts. You may not even know you're allergic to peanuts. Um, everybody has allergies that we don't even know that we're, we react to, and allergies come and go. You know, I, um, I never had an almond allergy, and then I started eating almonds a lot. And then I developed an almond allergy. Whenever I eat an almond, I start sneezing uncontrollably, you know? So then I stopped eating almonds for like a year. And then I went back to eating almonds and I didn't have an allergy, you see? So that can kind of trick you because you may have used this source before and you didn't have flu-like symptoms. Now you do have flu-like symptoms. So the carrier oil could be having a different effect on your body. So Rick, why don't you um, give your opinion on this one? I kind of covered several different bases. Uh, what do you, what do you think on this one? Yeah, you gave some great information there. Uh, 150 megs. Uh, if you're doing cardio, you, you might feel it. Cause I noticed, uh, I noticed that doing Thai boxing, um, when I would mix in trembolone, it would definitely take 
uh, some of my cardio way, way down. I mean, I, I it, and it, it, it has to do, I think, with inflammation around the lung tissue. It just doesn't, not, not great. But if it's just, if you're just doing regular weight training and you're getting like winded or you're not feeling good from regular weight training, that, that might be a problem. Uh, also, yeah, compare, have you used trend before? Did you have this effect with trend before? Are you, you know, what, what could, could be causing it now? Did you switch brands? Was it the same brand? Uh, because like Steve said, some of the carriers could be, could make a difference. But yeah, that's about it. I mean, that's all I can really offer on this one is if it's cardio training, yeah, it's pretty common. It, it could happen even at 150 megs a week. It could still happen. You might, you might need to take it down to 175 megs a week, see if it goes away. But if it's weight training, you shouldn't, you shouldn't get, you shouldn't be getting winded from just, uh, just doing some, some weight training. All right. So these are five great topics. Uh, keep the, keep the questions coming for sure, guys. And we will talk to you guys next one. Episode four fifty seven. take care. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.